Here we go. Welcome, everybody. <clears throat> How's my sound? Testing one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. <laughs> All right. Let me know if I start breaking up or echoing or any of the above. Um, we're going to, uh, this is our third class in, in the basics and in, in kind of stepping back and um, giving uh, folks that are new an opportunity to present be presented um, with some of the material in the course um, from that point of view, from a beginner's perspective. Um, and it's always good for all of us as course students, I think, to step back and uh, look where we started and <laughs> look what we think now and <laughs> see how far we've come or not <laughs> and try not to beat ourselves up too much. <laughs> so. Tonight we're going to, uh, this evening, for some of us, God, I think in, God, in England, I think Manuel is like midnight or something. <laughs> so uh, this evening we're going to look at healing, what the, what the Course describes, he, what healing looks like in A Course of Miracles, and um, always what healing doesn't look like in A Course of Miracles. It's good to have those um, two ideas framed about any topic in the course, about what forgiveness looks like in A Course in Miracles, what forgiveness doesn't look like in A Course in Miracles. Um, just uh, to confirm, Tim. What's uh, that, Manuel? Just to confirm that it's midnight. In <laughs> yeah, you're one of those late people like me. <laughs> All right. Well, welcome. <laughs> All right. So, so uh, so he gets to dream about this stuff as soon as he falls asleep in the middle of class. <laughs> so we're going to and we're going to talk about a little bit about dreaming. Um, sleeping dreams and waking dreams. Um, so just a reminder, if you remember, uh, mute your microphone unless you have something to uh, come in on or share or whatever, and then try to remember to unmute yourself. Looking good right now. Also, um, if you want to put your camera on so we can see your smiling face, that's great. And um, if not, that's fine too. Uh, there's a, if you scroll across, like I'm on gallery view, you have a choice of gallery view or speaker view. If you're on gallery view, you can scroll across anybody's box who is not, doesn't have their video on. You hit those three little dots and a, a bunch of choices come up about two thirds of the way down. It says hide non video participants. And if you click on that, you can see the people that are showing up a little bit better <laughs> if you want to see them better. So that's something to keep in mind. If you don't know what I'm talking about, don't worry about it. <laughs> but there are two ways of viewing the screen. One is speaker view where any whoever is speaking, they kind of fill up the screen and then gallery view you get a Brady Bunch kind of thing where everybody's equal, <laughs> um, equal on the screen in little boxes. So uh, eventually I'm gonna get to lesson 294 as an opening meditation. Lesson 294 is on page 445 in the workbook, page 445. I wanted to uh, 
the course doesn't use the word Zen Cohen's, but you know, Zen Cohen's are the kind of like those kind of really weird things to say <laughs> that on some level, you know, they're true, but they don't make any sense. <laughs> so two Zen Cohen's possible Zen Cohen's in the course, especially when it comes to healing. One is, and there's probably a, a lot more than these two, but certainly one we could say is you're healed. You are healed when you realize there's nothing to heal. <laughs> Just sit with that one if you haven't heard that one. <laughs> You're healed when you realize there's nothing to heal. Another one might be, doesn't matter whether your body's sick or not. Does not matter whether your body is sick or healthy. Just believing your body is sick. <laughs> is sick. <laughs> It's, it's out of sorts. It, it's, it's not where you want to be. <laughs> and there's a choice in that. So those are the two I wanted to start out with, with just as kind of get the, uh, <laughs> the brain nerve endings kind of <laughs> going, or maybe put them to sleep, who knows. But one is you are healed when you realize there's nothing to heal. And just believing your body period is sick, whether the body is healthy or not. And that those are definitely from a course's point of view. And we'll, we'll get to those hopefully and cover those. Um, we talk about the chart a lot in our, in our, in our classes, even in our beginning classes. Um, the, the chart just basically describes three experiences that the course, A Course of Miracles talks about. There's the experience of heaven, the experience of our true identity as one son of God in heaven, that's above this top line here and then it talks about the world sometimes the world of bodies the world of personalities <laughs> the world of people on the screen um and then what it talks about the most talks about heaven a little bit talks about the world a little bit but what it talks about this mo most is this in-between area at least for um teaching purposes this in-between area between heaven and the world that the Course calls the mind. And he's not talking about our brain. <laughs> it takes us a while to figure that out in A Course in Miracles, but Jesus is never ever, when he's talking about the word mind, and he uses the word mind a lot, like 2,000 times through the whole Course, he's not talking about these kind of electrical impulses that are going on between my ears the things I'm thinking about in my brain. He's talking about this inner place where we choose one of two teachers, one of two inner voices, one of two thoughts. And, and he's always really emphatic that one, one part of the mind is he calls the ego, the voice of condemnation, the voice of separation, and certainly for our purposes this evening, the voice of sickness, the voice of the belief in sickness. And then there is the other part of our mind, this internal place. The other teacher is the Holy Spirit, the voice of forgiveness, the voice of the atonement where nothing happened. <laughs> and certainly for our purposes tonight, the voice of healing. So when Jesus is talking about healing in the Course, he's always trying to bring us back to this experience, this internal experience, 
where we're choosing between one of these two teachers, either the ego, the voice of sickness, or the Holy Spirit, the voice of healing. Now, there's lots of sicknesses in the world, <laughs> and we know that. There's COVID-19, there's cancer, there's headaches, there's broken, you know, fingernails. Um, and, and pretty much, I'd say 97% of the time, he's not talking about sickness in the world. He's not talking about sickness in the body. 97, 98% of the time when Jesus is referring to sickness, he's literally talking about the choice to, to have the ego as our teacher that we could actually believe we could be sick. Sick enough to believe we left heaven, which was the problem in the first place. Not that we left heaven, but that we believe we left. And then rather than let go of that silly idea, that gets projected onto all these poor bodies out here and we make them sick. <laughs> and now we say sicknesses in the world because look at all the, all the sick bodies running around with this and that. And so uh, Jesus is always trying to get us to go back to internally to what the real problem is. One of the ways he describes the initial problem, really the one and only problem, in chapter 27, he said, we were all sitting around in heaven and everything was great and fine and beautiful and wonderful. And, and then we had this silly thought of what it would be like to separate from heaven. In chapter 27, he calls it the tiny, it was a small thought, mad, M-A-D, like pretty crazy thought, tiny, mad idea of separation. We had an idea of what would it be like to step outside of oneness, step, step outside of heaven and have a different experience. That was the beginning of trouble. <laughs> it wasn't trouble yet because <laughs> we were just considering the idea of what it would be like to be separate. And so uh, the ego, that part, that internal part of us that the Course calls the ego looked at that idea, the tiny mad idea of separation, the tiny mad idea that we could be sick enough to leave heaven <laughs> and believe it. It looked at that tiny, tiny crazy idea and said, wanted to take it seriously, wanted to believe that we could be sick. And sickness at that point just simply meant we could step outside of heaven and actually experience something else, something that wasn't heaven. The Holy Spirit looked at that tiny mad idea, that possibility of separation and said, that's really silly, give it up. We could never do that even if we wanted to. So these are our two inner voices. They're really part of us. They're really part of our, our um, of this internal place we call the mind. And in any given moment, we're either identifying with the ego as our teacher, as our guide, as our guru, and we're, we're not admitting it and we're projecting the thought of sickness onto all these poor bodies down here, or we're listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit, we're connected in, in our awareness with that voice and we realize the tiny mad idea of separation is all made up. The tiny mad idea that we could be sick is, is simply silly. So the Course is always trying to get us to go back internally and admit, maybe I'm not sick for the reason I think. <laughs> maybe I'm not upset for the reason I think. 
maybe that's just a distraction from me realizing I'm choosing this inner voice called the ego, and I could choose another voice instead. I could choose another teacher, a guide inside of me. So that's always the issue. Lesson 79 says there's only one problem. And that problem was the belief in separation, the belief in this tiny mad idea that I could leave heaven. Not the idea itself, that was just all made up, but that we actually, as an ego, chose to believe we, we could do it. That's what's sick. And that sick is made up. That's why one of those Zen Cohen things, you, 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 um, you're healed when you realize that there's nothing to heal. This idea that we could be sick is just made up. And we're just hanging on to that belief. And maybe there's another way of looking at this. Lynn Altman, did you have something? No. no. Oh, okay. <laughs> just in case. <laughs> I was ready. <laughs> All righty. Anybody have any questions or comments so far? All righty. So, um, so th there's, once again, there's lots of body sicknesses. And once again, Jesus is not usually talking about body sicknesses. He does occasionally, but like 90 whatever plus percent of the time, He's talking about this made up sick belief that we could be sick, <laughs> that we could leave heaven, that we could do something that silly. So um, wanted to look at a number of readings, <laughs> just so you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not really making this stuff up too much. <laughs> wanted to look at a number of readings in the manual in the back, if you got a book. Uh, oh, no, I was going to do a meditation first. <laughs> I don't know if you need one, but I need one. Lesson 294 on page 445. Here he's saying the body is a wholly neutral thing, meaning, meaning. It's kind of like a puppet in a puppet show. If the puppeteer in the mind is choosing the ego, it's going to be bad. <laughs> it's going to be a bad puppet show. It's, we're going to believe we're bodies. We're going to believe the bodies can die, get sick, etc., etc. If, if we're doing, if we're looking at our poor bodies with the Holy Spirit, we'll realize we're not really bodies, and we'll have a whole different experience of who we truly are. So the body is a wholly neutral thing from the point of view of the mind. And depending on which teacher I choose, which inner guide either the ego or the Holy Spirit, I'm going to seemingly have a different kind of experience in the world. In the world, I'll have an experience of judgment and blame if the ego is my teacher, and in the world, I'll, ha um, I'll have an experience if the, if the Holy Spirit's my teacher of forgiveness, of not finger pointing, of not blaming. So my body's a wholly neutral thing. It just depends on which teacher I'm internally choosing in any given moment. Am I choosing the idea of sickness, that I could be sick, meaning I could leave heaven, or am I choosing the idea of healing, meaning I'm already healed? 
So my body is a wholly neutral thing, but from, you know, certainly from the ego's point of view, <laughs> it's not. <laughs> it's, it, it's where I put all my guilt. It's where I put all my, my belief in sickness. It, it's where I insist I'm upset for the reason I think. I'm sick because of my body's sick. But no, once again, it's not whether your body is sick or healthy from the Holy Spirit's point of view. What makes us sick from the Holy Spirit's point of view, it's all made up, but what makes us sick is believing we're a body that could be sick. <laughs> believing we're a body, period, whether the body is healthy or not. So we want to get back to this place where we become aware that our body is a wholly neutral thing. And it just depends on what internal teacher I'm choosing. So he goes on um, in this lesson, uh, line five, and yet a neutral thing, a neutral body, a neutral puppet, does not see death for thoughts of fear are not invested there, nor is a mockery of love bestowed upon it. So it just kind of heavy duty in this lesson because the mockery of love he's talking about is, so we put on this puppet show and then we individually identify with each of these puppets. And then we say love is between the puppets. <laughs> That's the mockery of love. Real capital L love was what we left in heaven when we stepped outside of heaven and considered the tiny mad idea of leaving heaven, of leaving capital L love. And then we make up this mockery of love in the world to keep us thinking this is where love is. And keep us locked in that, in that belief system. Um, line six, it's neutrality, the body's neutrality. Protects it while it has a use. Protects it mean like, meaning like it is, if I'm, if I have the Holy Spirit as my teacher, I'm not going to lay all these horrible trips on the body. No, I mean, the body will still get sick. It'll still eventually die, et cetera. All bodies get sick. All bodies die. I mean, that, that's okay. But what's that got to do with the real us, the real, the real me as the son of God? We use the body to take all of this craziness to insist I'm crazy for the reason I think. I'm sick for the reason I think. So we stop using the body that way. We give the body a break. We give the poor puppet and the puppet show a break. And we're willing to look at our bodies, our personalities, all this stuff that's going on in my brain, to look at that from the point of view of the Holy Spirit. Um, line nine. The body is but functionless, unneeded, and finally cast off when we don't need it anymore. The best it can, it can be in, in terms of this scenario and A Course in Miracles, it becomes a communication device. It's like a telephone. Our bodies are like telephones where we're speaking to each other and reminding each other, if not in words, but certainly in awareness, that we're still okay, we're still God's son. And in spite of what our bodies are doing or not doing, we're still holy. We're still innocent. So the fear of getting sick goes out the window as a body. The fear of dying as a body goes out the window. 
um, the fear of that your body can do something to my body goes out the window. <laughs> Doesn't mean in time and space, you know, we deal appropriately with other bodies, but we, we, we don't have to take it so seriously. We don't have to be so finger pointing. Look what you did. <laughs> or look what you didn't do. That we can be in, at peace in spite of what the body is doing or not doing. So and that's what we're learning here. So Lynn, Corona, you want to read Lesson 294 and we'll get quiet for a little bit. Sure. My body is a wholly neutral thing. I am the son of God. And can I be another thing as well? Did God create the mortal and corruptible? What use has, God, has God's beloved son for what must die? And yet a neutral thing does not see death. For thoughts of fear are not invested there. Nor is a mockery of love bestowed upon it. Its neutrality protects it while it has a use. And afterwards, without a purpose, it is laid aside. It is not sick, nor old, nor hurt. It is but functionless, unneeded, and cast off. Let me not see it more than this today, of service for a while and fit to serve, to keep its usefulness while it can serve, and then to be replaced for greater good. My body, Father, cannot be your son. And what is not created cannot be sinful or sinless, neither good nor bad. Let me then use this dream to help your plan that we may awaken from all dreams that we made. Thanks. We'll get quiet for a little bit. I'll bring us out. And gently, gently come back. So any, anything about any of that so far? Thoughts, questions, whatever. Lynn Altman. Yeah, I, I just, um, 
uh, at the end of the meditation, I just thought I treat my body the same way I treat all the people that I hate. I have the same attitudes towards it, the same frustration and, and use it to blame. And it was just so lovely to have that reminder that I can, I don't have to do that. So it was very beautiful. Thank you. There was a, I guess I've heard these lines in different places, probably 12 step meetings, but Groucho Marx used to have a couple of one liners like, I wouldn't belong to any club that would have me. <laughs> I wouldn't belong to any club that would have me. <laughs> the other one was, if I treated everybody like I treat myself, I'd never have any friends. <laughs> so we're pretty hard on ourselves for sure. <laughs> and it's part of the whole ego ball game, to say the least. Yeah, thanks, Lynn. <laughs> so uh, we're trying to let that go. <laughs> Not just judging ourselves, but, you know, judging the other guy, too. Hello. Yeah, go ahead. Yes, thank you. I have a question. I'm new to the course, mm -hmm. and I'm wondering, with a perfect, loving God, how could there even be an idea of separation? Right. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. <laughs> Jesus doesn't even answer that question in the course. Um, he says, he says, probably the most reassuring thing he says is that when we, um, one of the big, one of the huge principles in the course is that everything below this heaven line didn't happen. Nothing happened, but it certainly feels like it happened. It certainly looks like I'm looking at, you know, 25, 30 people on the screen and something's happening. And Jesus is real adamant that that's not happening. And he's not asking us to walk around saying this isn't happening as we think it is. But but this in-between principle that nothing happened and we keep insisting that something did happen is where he's going to get us to go back to. It's, it's healing of the belief that something happened, that we actually stepped out outside of heaven. So he says that when we walk through the process of forgiveness, and basically it's a three-step process. When I stop, when I'm willing to stop judging you for what I think you did to me, and then I'm willing to stop judging myself for what I think I did, then that question will have no relevance because we'll actually experience that nothing happened, that our innocence collectively is still a done deal. There's no way we can be, have the ego as our teacher and not have that question come up in some way, shape or form. Because one of the ways that Jesus doesn't answer that question, he says, we're like two-year-olds and we're insisting that something happened and we want him to explain to us how it did. And he's insisting nothing happened and he's gonna show us that experience if we're willing to lay down our judgments of each other if we're willing to lay down the judgments of ourselves. So, yeah, it's, it's a question all, all everybody asked <laughs> at one point or another. How could how could we leave love? How could the angels leave heaven? <laughs> how could Lucifer fall? So from the course's point of view, 
it didn't happen. And once again, Jesus isn't asking us to accept that, but he's asking us to first start with how judgmental we're being about each other and ultimately ourselves. And as we work through that process, we'll actually realize that our true innocence as the son of God is still intact. If that doesn't help, uh, just hang in there. <laughs> or, you know, I just, uh, so does that help at all, Deanna? Or, or probably not. <laughs> yes, it did. Thank you very much. Okay. Just remind me when I get crazy again. And I start, oh. I start insisting something's wrong. <laughs> something's uh, happening here. <laughs> will do. Thank you. Okay. Very good. Anybody, anything else? On our website, there's a whole, uh, <laughs> there's a whole conversation on one of our posts about how did the separation happen? And the little picture is, it's a goldfish bowl and one of the goldfish bowl is leaving the, the heaven goldfish bowl and it's going off into a world by itself into another goldfish bowl. And so it looks at those three ideas that of how could the impossible happen and the three different ways that Jesus doesn't answer it. So that's on the web. I mean, and it's slippery stuff <laughs> because we get real slippery with uh, with insisting that it is happening. And let me tell you why. <laughs> so anyway, that that's that's on the website um, if you want to look at, at that. Um, Let's look at some of the sections in the manual. And uh, this is on, on the, there's probably some of the most helpful, um, I was going to use the word unambiguous, <laughs> but that would imply that Jesus is being a little bit ambiguous sometimes. But I think one of the, one of the clearest places to look at what healing is all about in the course, even, especially for new people, and especially after we've been in the course for a while, is uh this how is healing accomplished it's number five in the manual and i'm on page 18 page 18 in the manual how is healing accomplished so the answer to that first of all you have to figure out what's really sick <laughs> that's one of the ways healing is is accomplished or not accomplished from the ego's point of view as long as i think it's the body that's sick i'm going to be, keep trying to heal the body in the course, uh, Jesus calls that magic. And, and he's saying, go ahead, use magic. If you got a headache and you know aspirin's going to work, go ahead and take it. Just don't think that's the reason you're really upset. Don't think, just don't believe that that's the reason you're really at, not at peace. It's not because you have a headache. Yeah, headaches hurt and they can get pretty extreme. But the only reason... It's got nothing to do with the headache. It's not got nothing to do with my body has cancer. It has nothing to do with my body has COVID. The only reason I'm ever upset is I made this decision in the mind to believe I'm not the son of God and I can be this sick thing separate apart from God. So that's what he's saying here. First, I have to realize where the, where the real sick is. And then I have to realize that's not real either. <laughs> So the real six in the mind, it's got nothing to do with the body. Take care of the body, do what you got to do. Whatever magic works, whatever healing things you do for your body, just do them. Eat the way you want to eat, exercise, 
you know, take vitamins or not. But the real peace of mind comes from letting go of this inner teacher and choosing this one. First, we have to admit we even have a mind where this is taking place. And then we have to be willing to actually ask this other teacher for help. So paragraph two on page 18, the acceptance of sickness as a decision of the mind, it's got nothing to do with the body. Sickness has nothing to do with the body. It's just this belief, I can be sick, not just as a body, but I can be believe that, the, that, that I can be separate from heaven. That's, that's the idea that's sick. The acceptance of sickness as the decision of the mind for a purpose for which it would use the body is the basis of healing. So one of the ways the, the body is healed when we stop trying to insist that the body can be sick. <laughs> I mean, just imagine you, you're a puppeteer and, and you've got puppets and you're working these puppets, but you actually believe you're one of these puppets. And you actually believe that the reason you're in pain is because this puppet's banging on this puppet or whatever it's doing. I mean, you would know the puppeteer is pretty sick. <laughs> I mean, the sick ain't, is not in the puppets that are beating on each other. The pain's not coming from the two puppets. The pain's coming from this internal belief that I, I am a body. So the way we heal the body is, is, is not that the body suddenly stops having pain and sickness and stuff, but the way we heal the body is stop believing that that is the source of our lack of peace. So it's a purpose for which it would use the body. It takes this, one of the, the bad deals with the ego is that when this thought of sickness gets projected onto the world, the sickness and the pain don't go away. We still have this horrible feeling of being sick. We still have this horrible feeling that something's wrong, but we don't know it's not coming from other bodies or even my own body. We don't realize it's coming from an internal choice to be sick, to believe I could be in pain. So the, the purpose of the body from the ego's point of view is we take this internal sick, we project it onto our poor body, and now we're convinced the reason we're not at peace in any given moment is because of what the body's going through or not going through. So for a purpose that the ego would use the body is the basis of healing. We let go of the ego's purpose, which is to project the sick, the responsibility, the source of sick on something external. And we're, we're willing to let that go. He goes on. And this is so for healing in all forms. I stopped believing that a puppet can be sick. I stopped believing that my lack of peace is because of what my body or my personality has gone through. Am I willing to do that? So, and this is so for healing in all forms. We stop insisting the body is the source of our upset. A patient decides that this is so, and he recovers, meaning our mind realizes that this is just a projection of this and recovers. If he decides against recovery, he will not be healed. 
So who is the physician? It's that part of our mind that's either choosing between the ego or the Holy Spirit. Only the mind of the patient himself. And the, that mind, depending on which teacher it chooses. And let's see if you drop down paragraph three, first line. What is the single, the single requisite for this shift in perception, for waking up, for realizing what the real source of sickness is? It is simply this, the recognition that sickness is of the mind and has nothing to do with the body. Not, not just a little bit or maybe some, but it's got nothing to do with the body. To read the Course and, and to have that awareness as you read all these 725 references to healing that Jesus has throughout the Course, if you don't realize he's talking about the mind, you're going to be almost absolutely sure that he's talking about the body. And as an ego, you're going to want to believe it's about the body and not about the mind. So the recognition that sickness is of the mind and has nothing to do with the body. What does this recognition cost? It costs you the whole, your belief in the whole world that you see. That bodies are doing stuff to other bodies and that's why bodies get sick. That's why bodies die. That's why bodies whatever. It costs you the whole world the way you see it. For the world will never again appear to rule the mind. I realize the mind is what's causing all the action in the world and it's got nothing to do with the world itself. Uh, page 19, paragraph two. And I'm at line seven, and it starts with God's word in their minds. And he's talking about when we really get this. <laughs> he calls us advanced teachers of God. When we really get that this is what's going on with God's word, with the awareness that this is what's going on. And the Holy Spirit is now my teacher. With God's word in their minds, they come in benediction not to heal the sick, but don't go around trying to heal each other. <laughs> but to remind each other of the remedy that God has already given them. We're already healed and we're pretending we're not. And, and you know, in time and space, you help people out. <laughs> you do what's appropriate. You do what's necessary. But just you do it when, when, you, when we're connected with this and we know what's really going on and we're connected with the Holy Spirit, we'll realize that People are never sick, even if they look sick. They're still okay. Their true identity is still intact. And then we just help their bodies feel better. So this is not giving us an excuse to take medicine. It's not giving us an excuse not to take medicine. Do whatever you want, but don't think it's about the medicine <laughs> that you take for your body. It's about the choice we make internally to identify with the ego or with the Holy Spirit. Do what you do in time and space. Do what you do that, that feels right. But just try not to make such a big deal about it. It is uh, line eight, 
it is not their hands that heal. It's not the, the healer's hands that heal. It is not their voice that speaks the word of God. They merely give what has been given them already. Meaning we, we offer to our brothers that awareness, whether we say it out loud, loud or not, we share it internally that we're all still okay already, whether the bodies are sick or not. Very gently, they called to their brothers to turn away from death. And not, not literally, but to turn away from believing in death. If we're the son of God, we can't die. If we're the son of God, we can't get sick. If, this, if, we're, if we truly are the son of God, we don't have to believe this stuff if we access the Holy Spirit as our teacher. Behold, you son of God, what life can actually offer you. Would you choose sickness in place of this awareness, in place of this teacher that teaches you're okay in spite of what's going on in the world? Not once, not once. <laughs> it's pretty emphatic here. Not once do the advanced teachers of God consider the forms of sickness in their brothers' bodies. Well, they might consider it just try to help their brothers out. <laughs> I mean, they, don't, they know it's not real. They know it's not real in their own body. They know it's not real in their brother's body. In which their brothers believe. To do this is to forget that all of them have the same purpose and therefore are not really different. Meaning all these forms of sickness that we have as bodies, they all have the purpose of distracting us from what the real sick is internally that's all made up so i think i should point out here that that the way to let go of believing that i'm a body that can be sick is not to go around saying that <laughs> i mean ultimately we'll get there <laughs> The way to let go of believing that I'm a body that can be affected by your body, whether it's a germ or you know a disease or whatever, the way I let go of believing I'm a body is by recognizing how often I judge and how awful that feels. And I don't mean judge like I want chocolate ice cream instead of vanilla. I mean, pointing the finger at somebody and saying, you're the reason I'm not at peace right now. Look what you did. Whether it's a personal issue or a giant political issue. Jesus isn't telling us to deny that that's what we believe. And in time and space, you know, people do terrible things to each other. Not to deny that people are doing terrible things, but to deny that that may not be the reason I'm upset. It may be because of this internal choice for this, for this ego as my teacher, for this voice of sickness that I refuse to recognize. And this is what's causing the pain and the discomfort and distress in any given moment. And it's my judgments against my brother that are keeping me distracted, insisting I'm upset for the reason I think. The Course calls that process of waking up that it's not my brother doing this to me that's causing me to feel lack of peace. That process of waking up and laying down my judgments, the Course calls forgiveness. 
so it's real uh it's real helpful in the beginning and certainly as we go along to realize that in the course forgiveness equals healing healing equals forgiveness and it happens here it doesn't it can happen in the world but what's that got to do with anything because this is where the problem is healing in the mind is simply letting go of the ego as my teacher and choosing the holy spirit forgiveness in the mind is simply letting go of the ego and choosing the holy spirit as my teacher So forgiveness is the way to heal. The way to heal is to forgive. And we start with where we think the problem is. The reason for sickness in the world is simply all this sickness in the body. Yeah, yeah, the bodies have sickness. (laughs) Yeah, the bodies are in pain. Yeah, sometimes the bodies feel good. But the reason for sickness in a body is to have a face to point at and say that uh, I am sick for the reason I think. And it's you. It's not me. I didn't choose this something this silly. Bodies aren't just sick for no reason. They're sick. So I have a target. Politically, you know, you know, we point fingers at at whoever it is we think. cause the virus or or depending on which political side of the fence you're on if you think the virus is all made up but in either case there's faces behind both those situations the purpose of any sickness from the ego's point of view is i get to blame somebody or something for my distress for my bodily sickness it's not just that we make bodies up to be sick. The purpose is very, very, very important. From the ego's point of view, it's always, I didn't choose this. Somebody else is doing this to me. Could be a situation, could be an actual person, could be a thing, could be, you know, my computer breaks down, whatever. Lesson five in the course says, I'm never, ever, ever, I'm never upset for the reason I think. Because because I'm upset and I know who's causing it. (laughs) That's what I think. Not only do I think I'm upset, but I'm upset for the reason I think. I know who the face is. I know who's causing this. I know what the thing is that's causing me lack of peace. So we're not just talking about sickness here. We're talking about what we believe in the world is causing it and who's responsible. That's the big one. That's why forgiveness in the course is healing. Because what's keeping me immersed in this whole mess here and certainly immersed in this without even realizing it are all the judgments I'm having about who's who's making me sick. Who's responsible? He's not, you know, I mean, I mean, ultimately we'll have an experience that I'm not a body. I am free. I'm still as God created me. 20 lessons in in the 200s repeat that over and over again. But the way we get there is we start with whoever it is we're finger pointing at saying, you made me sick. (laughs) You did this to me. 
And in time and space, you might have. <laughs> I mean, the COVID makes people sick. But what's that got to do with my peace of mind? If I'm not a body and I am a mind and I have a choice between two teachers, and if I choose this teacher, I'll have peace of mind in spite of what's happening to my body, in spite of what COVID does or doesn't do, in spite of what politics do or don't do. And once again, in time and space, he's, he's telling us deal with that stuff appropriately, but don't make it the Antichrist. <laughs> There's a lot of Antichrist running around the world these days, <laughs> depending on where you're at. <laughs> And, and just just to begin to admit how often we make somebody or something the antichrist and they're not <laughs> they're just not they're not the reason we're upset they're not the reason we're sick it's because of this silly internal choice to put that responsibility on something in the world and not blame and blame something out here and not take responsibility that I'm choosing that on some in, in some internal way. Any thoughts or questions about that? Because that's huge. <laughs> yeah, I uh, uh, went through a situation where I sort of pointed some blame at a roommate of mine at the time and was also going through this little bit of an awakening process at the same time. I think it was a I knew that as it was going on that I was battling things with my own ego and I knew about mirrors and, and all of that I've been reading a little bit and also around that same time. I started getting I ended up with a hernia and leaky gut syndrome in my stomach and I started reading about all the past traumas that can cause you gut problems and started thinking about how my ego from my past and the blame of things that I had done and the things that had happened to me, you know, and started seeing a psychologist actually to help me release some of that trauma. And that was two years ago. And I had the gut problems probably up until about six months ago. And now everything's working out great. And my ego is doing so much better. And I just stopped holding on to grudges for the most part. I mean, I still go through small little phases but yeah I'm yeah you. and that was just this lifetime just think you've been doing this for a lifetime scott yeah. mm -hmm. god knows what we did in the previous lifetime and blamed it on somebody but no i you know and that's good i mean sometimes symptoms in the world go away when we take care of what the real issue is but sometimes they don't But I'm not going to take it, those symptoms seriously, and I'm not going to have to find somebody to point the finger at whether they go away or not. So it's nice when they go away. <laughs> you know, do what you got to do to get rid of the symptoms. And, and, and you know, if therapy helps, do it. But this is the big therapist. <laughs> he takes care of what the one and only real issue is. They even call him therapist in the course, capital T. But, you know, in the world, we, you know, there's, there's all these puppets running around that personalities and, you know, there's, there's therapists to help with that too. <laughs> so do, do what we got to do in the world. You know, it'll take us back to family of origin stuff. Usually it does, you know, what happened to me when I was a kid and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, the Holy Spirit's going to take us back to here 
not not what we had as a kid. I mean, you know, we can work through that, and that's helpful sometimes. But what's you know the real issue that underlies all that stuff is what's going on in our internally. If I'm still choosing ego, you know, ten times out of ten, I'll find somebody else to blame, even if I stop blaming somebody in the world. I have to. If I'm choosing ego, I don't want to fess up to that, and I have to go into the world and find somebody or something else to blame besides me. But I think it's it's nice when some of these symptoms go away. That's good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Scott. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, you know, a common situation for a lot of us uh, is that we we oftentimes have to go visit friends that are sick. And I would imagine that, you know, it is not helpful to tell them that you're not sick for the reason you think. So how do we how do we handle that situation? So the good news is we don't have to say that out loud. The way the way we share healing, true healing, is internally. And and probably nine times out of ten, we don't say it out loud. Occasionally we have an opportunity to. But just in when I go visit somebody who seems to be sick, and it could be really bad. If, if I'm going into that situation with the Holy Spirit as my teacher, instead of the ego, on some level, at, at the level of the mind, I'll be able to share that awareness internally with that other person without saying it out loud. So all real communication goes on at this level anyway. And there's only two ideas that we communicate in any given moment, whatever it looks like externally. So I go visit a friend and they're sick, their body's sick. <coughs> Excuse me. If I'm doing that with the Holy Spirit, I'm going to think their body's real, their sickness is real, and, and I'm a body that can get sick too. If I'm going to visit them with the Holy Spirit and, and I'm aware of this entire dynamic, Internally, I'm going to be aware that they're still okay and I'm okay in spite of what our bodies are doing. And I'll be able to share that awareness with them without saying it out loud. Probably way more than nine times out of 10, probably 99 out of 100. We don't say this stuff out loud because it would be mean. You're not upset for the reason you think. If you tell somebody that, <laughs> it's okay Jesus tells us that because we're kind of willing to do this course, but you, you tell somebody else that that doesn't believe it, it's just mean. <laughs> I mean, it, it's not helpful. <laughs> it's not going to go anywhere. They're going to be insulted. <laughs> I mean, they're already sick, and then we, we lay that one on them. <laughs> we don't want to do that. <laughs> if that makes any sense. This is all happening at the level of this. Go ahead, Raylene. I imagine, too, that we are talking to the Holy Spirit and asking it for ourselves, not necessarily for them, which it it is for them, too, I guess you could say, for all one. But I think, like, if I were visiting a sick person and I'm asking the Holy Spirit, how would you have me see this and how would I be helpful? It's really so that when I walk in there, I'm like, oh, or I freak out and make it, it. To me, it's really about you going in there and not seeing it that way, not trying to convince anybody else outside of us. Yeah, and that's true. <laughs> and that, that's why it's always about me and, and the way I'm seeing things. 
initially it looks like it's my perception of what's happening but when i invite the holy spirit into it he broadens my perception and helps me realize that my perception includes everybody whether i'm saying it out loud or not but i'm the one with the problem i'm the one that's choosing the ego as a teacher if i work on that and i i consciously work on letting that choice go then no matter what situation i go into it's going to be a nice kind loving thing that i'll automatically do or say could be tough love could be just not saying anything but it's my awareness that's what i have to change this is not a course about the other guy changing this is not a course about even the other guy showing up in some way, shape, or form, responding to my blessing of holiness on him. It's just how I'm seeing him and I'm seeing me. And that keeps it real clean that way. <laughs> it, this, is all on, this is all on me as an individual decision maker choosing the ego or the Holy Spirit. Yeah. That's a good point. Thanks, really. Okay. Uh, let's see. Let's try another manual. Um, page 25 in the manual. And I'm paragraph six. So when the body, when, when, when we, you know, approach all this from the point of view of the Holy Spirit, and we're looking at our, at our brothers and ourselves with the Holy Spirit, then um, then we're going to have this different experience, internal experience, but we're still going to continue to see bodies. <laughs> we'll just know the bodies aren't real. We're still going to continue to see differences, but the differences won't make a difference. So that's what he's saying in paragraph six. When, when the mind is healed, the body's eyes will continue to see differences, but the mind that has let itself be healed by the Holy Spirit will no longer acknowledge those differences, won't make those differences make a difference. There will be those who seem to be sicker still than others, and the body's eyes will report their changed appearances as before, but the healed mind will put them all in one category. We're still okay, <laughs> in spite of what the body does or doesn't do. They are unreal. Those symptoms are unreal. And all the blaming I was doing, who was responsible for that sickness, that's unreal too. This is the gift of its teacher, the understanding that only two categories two categories. There's only two thoughts internally in the mind, no matter how much crazy stuff's going on in the world. There's the thought of sickness and condemnation, or there's the thought of forgiveness and healing. Those are the only two thoughts in the mind. Those are the only two categories I can approach anybody with. In sorting out the messages the mind receives from what appears to be what appears to be the outside world and of these two the way the ego sees the world or the way the holy spirit sees the world of these two only one is real 
Only one is honest. Only one is true. The Holy Spirit's perception. Um, I wanted to look at, um, jump back in the text at chapter 21. This is on page 445 in the text. And, you know, I always think of this uh, one little paragraph, page 445 in the text. This is chapter 21 in the, in the introduction. This paragraph, I think, is is probably should be <laughs> memorized. <laughs> this is one of the most Im important um, uh, paragraphs and sentences in the whole course, for sure. And this applies to everything. <laughs> this applies to forgiveness. This applies to healing. This applies to my image of myself as a body. This is everything right here in this one little paragraph. Once we get this one little paragraph, we don't have to do the course anymore. <laughs> We're done. We graduated. We're advanced teacher of God for sure. So projection makes perception, meaning the way I see the world is coming from one of these two teachers. And it's being projected onto the world like a camera projecting onto a movie screen. Is it coming from the projector we call the ego, or is it coming from the projector we call the Holy Spirit? And the way I see the world, the way I see who I'm going to point the finger at or not, is determined by which teacher I'm choosing internally. Projection makes perception. The world you see is what you gave it, nothing more than that. The world you see is what your teacher gave it. The ego or the Holy Spirit is nothing more than that. But though it's not more than that, it's not less than that. Meaning if I'm projecting from the ego's point of view, that goes on everything. Every situation I'm involved in in the world, I'm looking for trouble. I'm looking for somebody to blame. And vice versa, if I'm looking at the world through the Holy Spirit, I'm realizing I don't have to do that. I don't have to go around finding people to blame finding situations to blame. Therefore, to us, it's important <laughs> the way we see the world. It is the witness to your state of mind. Who's your daddy? Who's your internal teacher? Is it the ego or the Holy Spirit? It's the outside picture, the world of an inward condition, the choice of teachers, the choice of God's guides. As a man thinketh in the mind, which teacher he's choosing, so does he perceive. Therefore, this is the big one. <laughs> Therefore, seek not to change the world, but choose to change your mind about the world. Seek not to change your body when it's sick. I mean, do what you got to do. That's fine. But the problem is choose to change your mind about the way you see your body, meaning you believe you're a body and you're you believe you're a body that has a has to point the finger at other bodies saying, look what you did to me. Seek not to change the world and your body, but choose to change your mind about the world and your body. Perception is a result and not a cause. That is why order of difficulties in miracle is meaningless. When the mind is healed, that's the miracle. That's the course in miracles, the healing of the mind, the letting go of this teacher and the picking up of the hand of the Holy Spirit.
That's the miracle, period. Miracles are not done in the world. When things are healed in the world and bodies that were sick get better, of course calls that magic. And that's fine, do the magic. But if you really want a miracle, we have to go back inside internally and see which teacher we're choosing. Because when I stop choosing the ego and I pick up the hand of the Holy Spirit, that is the miracle. And that's totally accessible if I'm willing to go there. Order of difficulty in miracles is meaningless. There's only one miracle. It's letting go of this dude and picking up the Holy Spirit's hand. <laughs> That's the miracle. But it's huge because it changes the way I see everything. Everything looked upon with vision. Vision is the way the Holy Spirit sees the world. It's the way the Holy Spirit sees you. It's the way the Holy Spirit sees me. Everything looked upon with vision is already healed <laughs> it's already holy we don't have to change the world we don't have to fix our bodies i mean we do what we do but it's not a big deal anymore seek not to change the world choose to change your mind about it by choosing another teacher everything looked upon with vision is already healed and holy and where there is no meaning there, oh, nothing perceived without vision means anything. Everything perceived through the ego's eyes is all made up. It means nothing. We're, we're making up all these excuses to be upset. And we won't know that till we walk through that process of forgiveness. Any Anything about any of that stuff? As a closing, I wanted to look at um, Lesson 347. Lesson 347. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Wrong one. Lesson 325. It's on page 464. So the title of Lesson 325 on page 464 in the workbook is All Things I See Reflect Only One of Two Ideas. All things I see in the world reflect either the ego's choice to see the world the way the ego sees it or the Holy Spirit's choice to see the world the holy, way the Holy Spirit sees it. All things I see reflect those two ideas, period. That's the only two choices. And then he goes on, this is salvation's keynote. What I see reflects a process in my mind, a process where I chose one of two teachers, which starts with my idea of what I want. If I'm playing around with the tiny mad idea of separation and I choose the ego as my teacher because he's gonna help me run with it, that's what I'm gonna see in the world, crazy stuff. Finger pointing, blaming, condemnation. However, is if I choose to hear the Holy Spirit tell me that nothing happened and you you're still a son of God and I'm still a son of God, that's what I'll see. If I ask the Holy Spirit's help to do that. So it starts with my idea of what I want, of who I am. Am I thing of separation or am I thing of holiness? 
From there, the mind makes up an image of the thing the mind desires. If it desires separation, it's going to see separation in the world like crazy. And it's not my fault. If I desire forgiveness, I'm going to let go of believing all these images in the world are real and are, are, are ripping my peace away. And then line four, from insane wishes come an insane world. From a wish to be separate, from a wish to, to believe I could be sick, I see a world that's sick. But it's insane. It's made up. It's silly. And on and on and on. So... Lynn, Corona, you want to read uh, that lesson 325 and we'll get quiet for a little. All things I think I see reflect ideas. This is Salvation's keynote. What I see reflects a process in my mind which starts with my idea of what I want. From there, the mind makes up an image of the thing the mind desires, judges valuable, and therefore seeks to find. These images are then projected outward looked upon, esteemed, as real and guarded as one's own. From insane wishes comes an insane world. From judgment comes a world condemned. And from forgiving thoughts, a gentle world comes forth with mercy for the Holy Son of God to offer him a kindly home where he can rest a while before he journeys on and help his brothers walk ahead with him and find the way to heaven and to God. Our Father, your ideas reflect the truth and mine apart from yours, but make up dreams. Let me behold what only yours reflect, for yours and yours alone establish truth. Thanks. We'll get quiet and I'll bring us out. And gently, gently come back. So, I mean, if you come up with questions and thoughts and, you know, during the session and for whatever reason, you didn't want to ask them out loud. <laughs> or if you think of them later, you know, just shoot us an email and uh, we'll, uh, 
we'll, we'll answer them and we'll try. <laughs> or I'll just tell you, go ask Jesus. Because <laughs> sometimes mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't have a clue what he would say. <laughs> well, most of the time I don't. But anyway. Yeah. Go ahead, Manuel. Sorry, yes, I had a couple of questions, but I ran with problems with my microphone. Oh, okay. <laughs> it is, no, it's a different. Yeah, um, one question is um, regarding healing and the body. Uh, what is your interpretation when you read in the Gospels all the healing of Jesus regarding miracles, uh, healing other, other people's bodies, uh, lames, blind people, and so on and so forth? Mm -hmm. That's one question. What is your what is your interpretation? Uh, it, it's a whole giant weekend seminar, but the gist of it is <laughs> the Jesus of the course is really different than than the four Jesuses in the Bible. Actually, there were there were four different Jesuses, depending on the writer. Each of them had a different purpose, so each of them made up physical miracles depending on what purpose that writer wanted to so the majority of physical miracles that jesus performed in and, and who knows he might have done them he might not have but certainly the jesus of the course would never say that they were important that's that he would never say that's where the real issue was it wasn't about making the blind see not at this level <laughs> certainly making making me see that what the real problem is it would be the miracle that the ego's the ego is the uh real issue so you know a lot of times people try to overlay the bible stories um especially the new testament stories of jesus as miracles with the course of miracles and, and i think it just doesn't work for the most part he's not talking about physical miracles I mean, they, that's not where the problem is. Phys, physical miracles are fine in the world. <laughs> you know, they're okay. But if the real issue is this, and I never address the real issue, meaning I've chosen the voice of separation internally, and now I'm hell-bent on blaming that on the world, if I don't deal with that, it doesn't matter how many physical miracles happen in the world, I'm still going to have the ego as my teacher. So does that help at all a little bit oh yes thank you yes yes it does um i have another one can i ask sure yeah it's um earlier on about 40 minutes ago somebody was asking you uh about the separation and well is, is it going to do with the new testament because when i read the course i can help but you know to to reinterpret what I know about the New Testament. Um, regarding the separations, sometimes I think that um, the, the Course in Miracles is like a huge amplification of the parable of the prodigal son. Mm -hmm. Do you have any thoughts about this? Does it make any sense to you? Yeah, I think a, a couple of the gospel stories that do go along with the Course, <laughs> one is the Sermon on the Mount, and the other one is the prodigal son, that we're all the prodigal son. We all stepped outside of heaven, and then we just kept on going. <laughs> and now we're just trying to retrace our steps to get back to heaven. Yeah, to get back to our father. So yeah, I think, and Ken Wapnick has some two great seminars 
He's got one on the prodigal son, and then he's also got one on the prodigal son's brother who got all ticked off when the father let the prodigal son come back to heaven. <laughs> so Ken's got a couple of really good seminars on that, and you can find those. They're available online. But yeah, I think the story of the prodigal son is our story for sure. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, very good. So Manuel got to ask those questions because it's like 1 a.m. there. <laughs> One seventeen. <laughs> Thanks, Manuel. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Till next time. <laughs> bye bye. Bye. Good class. Thank you. Thanks, Jim. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.